God bless you and welcome to Yesterday Ended, Healing the Traumas of Life. I'm your host, Dennis Dobbin. Thank you so much for joining me today. From time to time, things in our lives must be renewed. They need to be repaired or rebuilt or replaced. Recently, I helped a friend replace the filters on her air purifier. Every few months, new filters show up at her door to replace the old ones. I was amazed at the junk the air purifier had collected in its filters, of which there were four. Each one performed a specific task to clean the air. To properly maintain an automobile, you must change its oil and its filter every 3,000 miles, they say. There are many different machines in our lives that require such periodic maintenance. There's another machine in our lives that also requires such maintenance, and that is the machine of our mind. How are you doing with renewing your mind? Do you have proper filters in place so that your mind runs smoothly and is not clogged with a bunch of dirt and junk? If you need some maintenance tips on how to renew your mind, give a listen. The renewing of our mind is a process. Let me repeat that it's a process that takes work, hard work. It's one of those things that if you don't keep up on it regularly, things can get messy between your ears. We are admonished to do this in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Here are the choices we have in our lives that mold us one way or another. First, we were told not to be conformed or fashioned or designed together with this world. Then it tells us that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. To be transformed is like the caterpillar to the butterfly. Both of these, conformed or transformed, indicate that it is something external that works on us that we allow to happen. We can be the worm of the world or the butterfly of the word. This gives us a very distinct image for us of how to be renewed. Making time and taking time is what it takes to free your mind. Planning to do and doing the plan is what it takes to make a stand. Off with the old and on with the new is what it takes to change your mind shoe. Exposing the lies and lying them to rest is what it takes to live his best. Binding the truth to renew your mind enables you to leave your past behind. What goes on between our ears is determined by what we have inside. In my introduction, I talked about filters. The Word of God is a filter, and as we renew our mind, we place the filter of God's Word inside so that when the fashions of this world try to hang on us, we can shake them off. We have to pay close attention to what we see or hear and experience. The world has a sneaky way of drawing us away from God and into its fashions. Renewing our minds must be a very intentional action on our part. We must make time and take time to read and meditate and memorize the scriptures. The Bible is not old-fashioned. It is only with a determined heart that we can take a stand on its truth 
and again, not be fashioned to this world. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 commands us not to be fashioned to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we can prove that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Even if you grew up from day one in a very strong Christian family, you may have some things of the world mixed into your heart. With so much media influence these days, literally at our fingertips, it's not hard for us to have some of the world splashed on us. So what is your plan for renewing your mind? What system do you have to study the Word and meditate upon it and memorize it? With so many things vying for our attention, we must intentionally plan and make time for the process of renewing our mind. Long ago, I decided to get up early in the morning at 6.30 a.m. I spend the first 30 minutes speaking in tongues, worshiping God in the Spirit, and giving thanks and praise to Him. Recently, in the last year or so, I have begun to pray for others for more than ever before. And then finally, after prayer, I read a chapter or two of the Bible. Sometimes I might get stuck on a verse or two. There are certain chapters that I might read a number of times in a row on successive days. It's not about quantity. It's about absorbing the truth and experiencing God and His Son through the living Spirit of God written on the pages of the Bible. We must first have a relationship with the written Word before we can have a personal relationship with the living Word. Again, we must make the time and then take the time to do this. We shouldn't be offering our Heavenly Father or our Savior Jesus our leftover time. Try offering your best friend your leftover time and see how that works for you. If you are new to reading the Bible, I suggest that you start in the Gospels and then the book of Acts. Read those five books a couple of times through in different versions and then continue on with the rest of the New Testament. We are given an image in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 of our beginning as a Christian, beginning to read and study God's word. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. Unfortunately, the King James Version does not fully express the depth of the word desire in this verse. The meaning of the word desire literally is to deeply yearn for. If you've ever seen a hungry child that is still being breastfed, sometimes they grab it, mommy. They want to be fed right now. So how hungry are you? when it comes to feeding on the sincere milk of the word. The only way we grow is by feeding upon that word. The image of eating the word is continued in a few other places. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. At some point in our life, we all need to grow up. We need to get off the bottle and need to start eating solid food. A young child cannot prepare its own food, 
But as we grow up, we can one day make our own peanut butter and jelly sandwich. The first few times reading through the Bible, well, be just getting familiar with the characters and the basic premises of God. Understanding comes with continued reading, so don't give up. I don't know how many meals I have cooked for myself in my youth that ended up in the trash because it tasted terrible. I had to learn. I had to come to an understanding of how things work together. We have to become skillful in the word of righteousness. That comes with repeated study. Consider Jeremiah 15, verse 16. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. So again, I ask the question about your appetite. How hungry are you to feed upon the word and begin to know your Heavenly Father intimately? Sometimes in our youth, our parents made us go to church But at some point, we have to decide whether or not we are following God because we have to or because we want to. At some point, we must get to the place that hearing and reading God's word is a joy and a rejoicing to us. It's fun to read the Bible. I remember in my youth when I finally came upon understanding of something I'd read many times and then one day it clicked. It sank into place and I got it. It was an OMG moment. It was the time of rejoicing. And from that moment, I came into a greater appreciation and desire to continue reading and studying the Bible. As I mentioned earlier, sometimes the things of the world can infiltrate our hearts and minds. Somebody tells us that God is mean. Somebody tells us that the power of the Holy Spirit is no longer available. Somebody tells us that the Bible is a myth. And we have to deal with these lies that cause us to doubt God and his word. A primary requirement that God has for us is to believe in him, to have faith in him. We hear this requirement in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. At some point, we must believe that there is a God. We make a choice and turn our hearts towards him. The thing that pleases him is that we take that leap of faith and believe in that which we cannot see. And it doesn't say that we have to be perfect. We just need to diligently seek him. Then he rewards us. The thing we need is to be faithful and continue and not give up on our search for him. There's another verse that gives us a great mind picture of one aspect of renewing our minds. We find that in Romans 13, verse 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. In the King James, it says, put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. The words put on mean pretty much what they sound like. You are to put on like a garment the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask yourself what the fashion of Jesus Christ is. I'm not talking about the style of his clothes or the color of the fabric. I'm talking about the character of Jesus, our Savior and Lord. We are to walk in love as Christ has loved us. We are to walk in his steps. We are to forgive as Christ forgave. All of his qualities 
are the style of our lives as we put him on. So again, my closing question is, will the world be your fashion statement or will the will of God be your style? In 2 Timothy chapter 2, there are three examples that we are to emulate. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 3. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if any man also strive for the masteries, yet he is not crowned except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. We are to be like soldiers like athletes, and like husbandmen or farmers. Take a moment and consider the qualities and requirements of each of these examples. As a soldier, we're not to be entangled with the affairs of this life. As athletes, we are to strive lawfully in the competition or games. The husbandman is one that labors so that he can partake of the fruits. All these examples require a lot of work. To be a soldier or an athlete, you must train intensely for a long time. The farmer plants and patiently waits and tends to his field to receive the fruit. How much effort are you putting in your life to be renewed? As we put on the Lord Jesus Christ, the things of the world will fade away and we will walk in victory and peace. Making time and taking time is what it takes to free your mind.